Trump was inaugurated yesterday. Protests are raging today. Are they real or are they AstroTurf? The Monica Perez Show starts now. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Saturdays from 3 to 6 is my normal slot tonight. I'm on from 4 to 6. So if you're just tuning in, that's good news. We're just starting. But we are live, so you can call in. We are going to talk about the Trump inauguration. I want to hold his feet to the fire on some core American principles. And I want to know if you feel the same way and what those the make or break critical path items are for you with a Trump pre- presidency, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. But there is lots of stuff going on this weekend. It's a big football weekend. It's a big weather weekend. That can be a tricky combination. So stay tuned to WSV for news, traffic, and weather all weekend long. But on a national level, and also to some extent on a local level, the inauguration was the big news yesterday, and the protests are big news today here in Atlanta and in D.C., getting lots and lots of press. Uh, there were, Last week I did not have a show, but that was uh, also big news, this crazy dossier by the British spy Christopher Steele. We did not have a chance to talk about that, although Binkley and I did do a Propaganda Report podcast if you want to catch that, it's on PropagandaReportDaily.com, where you can get all of our podcasts, also hits we write every day about the interesting, eye-catching stuff in the news, and also the podcasts of this show. So if you miss this show, can't keep up with the changing times, you can always go to PropagandaReportDaily.com next week. For example, I'm not even on Saturday. I'm on Sunday from 1 to 3. So if you can't keep up, just go there and check it out. Binkley, if people want to help us get that uh, our shows and our podcasts up the search engine list, what can they do? They can go to uh, PropagandaReportDaily.com and subscribe. They can click on that Apple, subscribe on iTunes, and then tell all of their friends about it. Spread <laughs> it on Facebook, whatever. That's a great idea. No, because we don't act advertise a lot or anything like that, but if people subscribe, it really does a lot to kind of um, increase the exposure. So that's great. And we also do a lot of communicating that way. So you can comment, tweet, tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show, if you want to talk about what's going on right now with Trump. And what I, I really want to talk about these protests, but first I want to talk about the inauguration and the speech. There, two things happened, obviously. Yesterday, the Trump and Pence took their oaths of office. They put their hands on two Bibles each and swore to God to defend the Constitution. Pence actually swore to more than that, and I kind of want to break down those oaths maybe later on in the show, how very serious it is to take an oath like that, and if it's possible (laughs) that it was broken already. I, I think Trump's first law that he signed, the first thing he signed into law was an exemption for General Mattis to be Secretary of Defense because he's only been retired a few years, And it's a very fundamental constitutional principle to separate that they didn't have a secretary of defense at that time. So it's not written into the Constitution. But the idea that civilians should be in charge of the military is very fundamental to our kind of system. But I don't you know, I I don't think that is the end of the world. I really do not. 
But I do think it is going to be very hard to maintain those oaths to defend the Constitution. I, I mean, really, at this point, it would be we have to take it back. We have to restore it. So that's going to be a challenge for these guys. I realize there are real political pressures that they have to deal with. And I know that Trump is going to have a lot of real political pressures. So when I looked at his, when I listened to his speech, he made this inaugural speech yesterday. His guy, uh, Anthony Scaramucci, who's the new Valerie Jarrett. (laughs) It's uh, an interesting position. He's an interesting guy. I did write a piece about him on PropagandaReportDaily.com if you want to check it out. And we maybe can talk about it later if you're interested. But he said that Trump's speech would be Reagan-esque. So I was all excited because I was a big fan of Reagan. I, I was a little girl, but I cried when he was shot. And his first speech was awesome. And so I went back and I listened to Trump's speech and I listened to Reagan's first speech. And to me, they were very different. That Reagan talked a lot about smaller government, about individual rights and responsibilities, and that that was the basis of pro- of progress, of economic prosperity. Whereas Trump's speech was more about who controls the government, meaning the people, he says, you have to control the government. That's more, in my mind, of a European concept, that the answer to the inevitable corruption and cronyism at the top is for the people to control government and control those nasty capitalists and such. But the kind of my libertarian perspective is that it's the government itself that allows privilege and cronyism to get out of control as it has been. So as with so many things with Trump, it could go either way. And for me, it really, really could go either way. And this is what I mean, that we have this opportunity because he has, if you are to believe the reports, a low approval rating, which means that if you're a Trump supporter, he really needs you. And if he needs you, he could, uh, he's going to have to listen to you. So he's going to have a lot of pressure groups behind him telling him what to do with his power. And you can be, a tra- you know, the Trump supporters can be a pressure group to tell him the same. And what I would want and what I think Trump supporters really do want, regardless of how I, you know, the vibe I get from his speeches, I feel Trump supporters have the same basic principles as Tea Partiers and Libertarians and Constitutionalists. They want small government. They want freedom, personal, economic. And and that we're going to have to hold Trump's feet to the fire on that. Then I look at these protests and I see something unfolding that I saw under the Bush W era, which is he was attacked so much by the media and the press that even I would just knee jerk defend him. I would dismiss anything his opposition said, and I just defended him, even though he instituted ridiculously not non libertarian policies from curly light bulbs to endless war. But I tended to give him a pass because I was a defensive against a hostile media. And I really feel like these protests might have the uh, maybe intended consequence by the people who are behind them of getting the right to to defend Trump blanket, blanket defend him and not keep their eye on the ball of what the fundamental principles are, kind of give him right cover, give him a pass from the right of doing things like increasing the debt, increasing government spending that we don't want. So what I want to do is take this show or some time to focus what would be the make or break policies or items of a Trump presidency. If 
we're going to hold his feet to the fire the way that lobbyists and other power groups are focused behind him, we had would have to be focused in front of him. So what would you focus on? 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. Binkley, do we have some tweets that are on point with that? Yeah, we do. Free dog keeps it pretty simple. He just wants to uh, make sure he sticks to the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. I am 100% for that. I'm actually an anarcho-capitalist. I I believe that we have entered the realm of pathocracy, where the government works against us, and they have so much power that we could probably never have a just government. But if I do accept the American experiment as a great compromise, look at the Constitution, look at the Bill of Rights, if ever coercive monopoly government were to work, it would have to adhere to especially the Bill of Rights. But that in itself is going to be a tall order because just about every single one of those amendments are in the crosshairs. And the one that the left and the right should be converging on right now, they both have abandoned, which is the 10th Amendment, which restores the rights. That was another thing in Reagan's speech. He said, the states established the federal government, not the other way around. We need to take that power back. He was shot soon after, <laughs> I might point out. Uh, do you have any more? Yeah, Alpha Insider wants to fix the VA, give land to the states, dismantle the CIA, and hold the FBI accountable. So say that again. I, I heard some of it, but just for the... Fix the VA, yep. give land back to the states, mm-hmm. dismantle the CIA, and hold the FBI accountable. Those are absolutely... Great, great goals. I think you might be asking for trouble when you tell the CIA you're going to dismantle it. But I do think that it is in the cards to focus the power of the intelligence agencies at the top. I think that whether Trump knows it or not, that's where he's headed at this level. Once they're in office, it was actually a stated goal slash plot. I think it started with Colonel House, who worked closely with uh, Woodrow Wilson was his handler for the globalists back then, which was a critical turning point where they said, what you have to do is particularly control the state department, but basically control what the president sees and hears and knows like the president can't spend all night. It certainly couldn't a hundred years ago, but even now can't just surf the internet all night. He, everybody, people consolidate the information for them. And in that because of that, he's vulnerable to the people who curate that information. So so when he talks about consolidating the intelligence agencies, if they do concentrate all, I don't think anyone ever said consolidating, but it seems to me they want to tighten them up uh, and focus where the information is coming up to Trump. I think that that can be a little bit dangerous because he will be easy to, it'll be easy to control what he thinks is true, and that in itself can influence his decisions. So dismantling the CIA might be fine, and uh, it just it would be replaced by something, and I'd want to know what that is. So, okay, got one more? Yeah, this is my favorite one, the bitter one. He, he wants to hold him accountable on Hillary for prison. Oh, that's great, because every time you see her, she just stopped wearing eye makeup. <laughs> I noticed it. Like, maybe because I'm a chick, I noticed things like that. It's like, she immediately stopped wearing eye makeup. We all know mascara is the key <laughs> to a good look. So if she's giving that up, I can only think it's to have uh, a 
a sympathetic demeanor so that people give up the uh, locker up chance. So it could be. It could be. I don't think that's going to happen. Peter in Atlanta, I'm going to get to you next right after a quick break. He wants to talk about these oaths, what I'm talking about when these these guys take the oath and if they can live up to it. We're going to talk about the protests. Go to more, go to more tweets and your calls, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We are talking about Trump's inauguration and holding his feet to the fire. What is most important to you for a Trump administration? 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. It is 60 degrees outside the studio. It's a four on the Mellish meter. There is a severe weather alert in effect, so check out wsbradio.com for affected counties. And stay tuned for the weekend weather brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. I am going to go to Peter in Atlanta. Hi, Peter. You're on with Monica. Hey, thank you for taking my call, Monica. I, I'm uh, hoping you'll clarify your point about sticking to their oath. I saw. I thought Pence and, and Trump were very sincere uh, when they took the oath. I, I watched the entire event, um, and I truthfully did not understand your final point regarding the oath. You, you seem to be leave it sort of dangling or vague. Yeah, I was choppy. You were very choppy presenting <laughs> your argument. I was not. I really didn't mean to present the argument. I was kind of teasing to having this conversation in the show, which I'm absolutely happy to have. And uh, I, what my point was, and I, Pence seemed super duper duper like uh, like Boy Scout style sincere. And I didn't. I I was not detecting any insincerity. I was just saying it is a difficult. It's going to be a difficult thing to do because first of all the constitution has been so absolutely gutted and ignored it's almost impossible you know what's even left but but even if they wanted to say let's take the fourth uh, amendment or the fifth amendment is the one that's in the crosshairs right now this due process thing watch lists and no fly lists are a violation of the fifth amendment do you think they're gonna uh, eradicate those abolish those immediately Oh, um, uh, you don't mean the amendment. You, you, you're talking specific about uh, no-fly lists. Yeah, I mean, I'm talking about the Fifth Amendment is violated by having watch lists and no-fly lists. And I feel like, uh, how do these guys even go about reversing that policy? Do they really want to? We can talk about it. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Larry wants to talk about Obama's view towards the Constitution after the break. You got me excited because this would truly be both an adventure and a learning experience. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. I am your libertarian voice on WSB, usually Saturday afternoon. Next weekend, I'll be on Sunday, 1 to 3. But you can get the podcasts of this show and also my online podcast, Propaganda Report, at propagandareportdaily.com. So you shouldn't have to miss anything. But we are live on air right now talking about Trump's inauguration. And specifically, if... If we are going to keep hold his feet to the fire about what we want from him and give him 
the popular support, the mandate to resist all the pressures that he is sure to come under, what are those priorities? How can we stay on the same page? What is the make or break thing that you want out of a Trump presidency? 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Uh, I am going to Babette. Hi, Babette. You are on yeah, with Monica. Hi. How are you, Monica? Good. How are you doing? What I wanted to say is I watched that inauguration, and I compared it to the wonderful Obamas of last uh, four years ago, and even eight years ago. And I'll tell you, I never saw more statues in all my life. I compare the Trump family to a bunch of plastic uh, statues. That Ivana, his wife, they have no feelings. They don't show feelings, and that's the problem. Um, the Obamas, you, when they danced together, you could see they, they felt something. Obama, you could really trust. You felt when he opened up his mouth, you, could, you had somebody that had some uh, morals and ethics and brains behind what he spoke. Trump speaks out of 80,000 corners of his mouth. Well, so- I have to say, Babette, I get the feeling that you... Because you like what Obama says, you feel that he's sincere and it makes sense. I never, I actually had a different feeling about the Obamas. I I do feel like Obama was more polished, more charming. And uh, I think in the beginning they had a little problems with Michelle and they had to kind of uh, shape her image. I agree, though, that Trump's delivery was a little, was stilted, was a little halting, I guess would be the word. I feel like he was, um, he's an off-the-cuff guy, so what he was trying to do was deliver with that sincerity that he normally has a speech that was written for him, and and I actually think there were some words put in there that were not natural to him, and I and one of the clips I pulled of the speech, I pulled for the content. I I, I thought it was a kind of contrast of what I was looking for, which was more a Reagan thing. And Reagan, when you go back and look at his first inaugural speech, I mean, you can tell that guy was a polished speaker. I don't know if he wrote that speech for himself, but he wrote his own speeches. I have a book of his speeches in his handwriting, the drafts of the speeches. So for him, and and even when someone wrote it for him, he was scrupulous about going through it and making sure it reflected his point of view, and that really came across in his delivery. But what I liked about the Reagan stuff was that at least he paid lip service, if not being totally sincere, which I think he might have been, at least until they tried to kill him, that he cared about taking government back from the federal uh, federal government into the hands of the people or the states. He talked about small government. He talked about individual liberty. Whereas I felt like with Trump's speech, he talked about how to use the power of government for the people as if the power, the money had to be. It's really a European idea, in my opinion, that that I I feel like the way Europeans think of democracy is a way for the people to control the aristocracy. Whereas in America, I think we recognize, I certainly do, that that a free market actually eliminates an aristocracy. That, that kind of cronyism, that kind of one percenterism is a result of privilege that, that the government enforces that, that a free market is like a race to the bottom. And I really felt like those were fundamental differences in, in the tone of the speech. But I want to, let's listen to this uh, Trump speech, the first clip. 
At the center of this movement is a crucial conviction that a nation exists to serve its citizens. Americans want great schools for their children, safe neighborhoods for their families, and good jobs for themselves. These are just and reasonable demands of righteous people and a righteous public. So for me, I don't I don't think of the government as delivering schools and jobs. I'm a hardcore libertarian and I believe in the 10th Amendment, which says if you want that stuff, you need to go to the states, not the federal government. So it's a little bit different for me what my expectations are for that. Uh, But it's it is it's it is, in my opinion, uh, a game like anyone's game. Anything could happen with Trump. I think that's always even as supporters feel that way, that that he is gives us hope, but he doesn't have a track record of delivering like for me, Ron Paul. He is not uh, a he hasn't been in the political arena and stood up for the Constitution. I'm not saying he won't. I'm saying it's a challenge, and I think the way to make him realize that he is there for people who believe in that is is uh, is kind of that vigilance that uh, Thomas Jefferson called for in keeping America free. This is an opportunity where vigilance, I think, would actually have some some return because he does need the support of the people who put him there. I'm going to go to Kelly in Atlanta. Kelly, you're on with Monica. Hey, how are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm good. Um, I just wanted to kind of add a comment towards um, what you had said about the violation of the Fifth Amendment, the no-fly list, and the watch list. Yeah. Um, So let me just say, Kelly, earlier before the break, I was saying these guys took an oath to defend the Constitution, and I think the number one thing that's going to be in the crosshairs this year, or at least in their first four years in this administration, is going to be all the First Amendments, all the amendments in the first ten amendments, the Bill of Rights, are going to be, are now in the crosshairs, have been gutted, neutralized, and continue to be at risk. I think the focus right now is on the Fifth Amendment, trying to eliminate due process, taking away people's liberties without putting them on trial, without giving them a chance to face their accusers or to argue. So that's what we're talking about. And here, go for it with your thoughts. Well, just along the line with, um, I think his name is Peter, talking about the fly list, I, I do agree that it is a violation of our Fifth Amendment. And for no reason should you have that violation. But at the same time, it's the president's job to um, serve and protect our nation. And if they feel that that's necessary to monitor uh, the airports, the transportation systems, as far as who can and who can't, who's questionable, I think that is just them trying to protect us. And I, I mean, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, finish. Finish it. <laughs> I mean, I think everybody is entitled to their own pin- own opinion, and if they feel like they are unjustly being um, accused or monitored, they have that every right. But at the same time, it's for the mass majority of us who are constantly on that transportation system, and it's for their protection to where we don't go into another mass attack or mass terrorist attack. Okay, so here's my response to that as a libertarian. 
I don't look at the government took over <laughs> all those airports are built with government money and that's not necessary as a libertarian I feel like private enterprise provides air transportation and that you would have the opportunity to decide if you think something's safe or not I for one am on a watch list when I got married and took the name my husband's name Monica Perez it's such a simple name it's a it's a common name there are a lot more than what my maiden name was and I was on a watch list my birthday did not actually match the birthday of the person on the watch list it's not really me and they knew it but I kept missing planes because in order to discover that and resolve that over and over again they would take me aside until finally I just went back to my maiden name but I you know, that's an injustice, and there's no reason for having a, a, a system where I can't fight that. If I could fight it, it would be very difficult to get it off. And in a private system, I, I, there were, even on 9-11, there were rules against the kind of profiling that a private company should be entitled to do. I'm not a big fan of that kind of policy, and maybe I would weigh the pros and cons of that if I were to be a customer of an entity that did that. If you think it's a national security issue, you know, that's another that opens up another can of worms of what I think has now become a total pathocracy where the government knows that in order to get you to buy into this fundamental violation of the Bill of Rights, which we both admit it is, you need to be very scared of something that cannot be controlled in any other way. And that gives the government motive to not keep us safe. It gives them a perverse incentive. So. For me, we have reached a point where the government is the danger. And and that was one of the first things Ronald Reagan said in his speech. I'll play for you in a little while. That government is the problem, not the solution. He was talking economically, but I think in, from a security perspective, too, when they go and blow up foreign countries and spread terrorism and refugees like wildfire all around the world, that's the danger to us is their actions. And, and the more scared we get, the more we empower them. And I think it's a perversion. I am going to go uh, to line one in Brookhaven. Uh, sorry, I don't see your name. Who's on line one? All right, I'm going to skip that and go to Jim and Conyers. Hi, Jim. You're on with Monica. Boy, I feel horrible for line one. I'm stealing their spot. Sorry, line one will get back. I, I'm sorry about it. I shouldn't have clicked on it without seeing that I, I don't have the name. So well, what you got, Jim? A couple things. Number one is uh, the people who put Trump in office, of which I am one of them. I first voted for Cruz in the primary, but then uh, when he was knocked out, I voted for Trump. And my position is is that... Uh, the people that we, first off, we don't need to hold Trump accountable. We need to hold the people that are going to stop his changing of the what's gone wrong in the last eight years, like the media and the established Republicans. We need to, we need to keep the pressure on them. So and you don't what, think there's any risk that he is influenced by some of these kind of uh, advisors, some some disagree with him. I mean, some are openly in disagreement with him. Some are, uh, I mean, the Secretary of State was the sitting CEO of Exxon. I mean, that could make that guy's advice tainted. And But you feel like Trump is absolutely 100% knows the right way to go, and you agree with that way, and it's only people standing in his way that are going to be the problem? I mean, I'm not challenging you. I'm just clarifying. 
No, clarify all you want. It's real simple. What we've had is eight years of a guy who put his foot on the neck of private business and was proud of doing it. We've had eight years of government. Well, the last eight, we've got, had a lot of years of the government out of control. But we've had eight years of, of the mainstream media pumping out nothing but fake news. Nothing but fake news. The media has become a propaganda mill. And Trump, thank God, he stood up to him and said, you're liars. And when's the last time you saw a Republican stand up to the media and call them, call them liars and prove that they're a liar? They don't. I, I have a quick question for you. Do you want him to take the boot off the neck of business or give business a hand up? I want him to take first the government boot off of business. Yeah. That I'm and, 100% and, for. And, and then I think business can do just fine if government would get the heck out of the way. But the other point I want to make is, did you ever see the movie Absence of Malice with Paul Newman and Sally Field? No. Absence of Malice was put out in the early 80s, and it was about how newspapers made up stories and they destroyed this Paul Newman character's life by making up fake stories. And the, and the lawyer for the media company, the newspaper, said, well, you can't sue us because we're absent of malice. Well, ah. that's, a le- that's a legal term. And the simple fact is we're absent of intent. Well, I, I propose that the yeah. media is full of malice and they're yes, full of... Yes, I agree with that. And actually, I've been talking about fake news as the mainstream media for years before it was even a thing. I, so I'm completely with you. I totally think it's intentional and I think it's on both sides of the aisle, which makes me wonder how Trump got in with those guys validating his anti-establishment um, platform. That is really going down the rabbit hole. But uh, I got to take a quick break. More calls and tweets at Monica Perez show after this. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We are talking about the Trump inauguration. What do you expect and how are we going to keep him focused? 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. The high today is 69, 58, the low overnight. There is a severe weather alert in effect. Check out WSBRadio.com or stay tuned to WSB for weekend weather brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. So we've been kind of all over the map talking about a lot of different things here. And what I want to focus on is that is what Trump is offering his supporters. Because now I don't know if I believe this Approval rating stuff, polls, obviously, have really taken a credibility hit in the past year. Not that I ever really believed in them, but they're somehow it's uh, really unbelievable now. But they say that Trump's approval rating is very low, is 40%. And my feeling is that if that is the case, and he has a lot of these conflicting pressures, I mean, he's, they all get these pressures, and he's going to have conflicting pressures There are factions in the Republican Party, which we all know, that want more war and are in bed with their cronies and all that kind of stuff. And then there are the voters who want small government, who don't want any more of that nonsense, who don't want the government to work for them. They just want the government to get out of the way. So Trump, I think, needs to hear that message. And there are very specific ways, I think, that he can expressed through legislation or executive orders or whatever, mostly repealing that stuff, where he could say, I hear you, 
And I am really for small government, even though I don't say it a lot. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.